the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We are, again, still creeping closer to the draft. We are starting to see teams making moves, starting to position themselves to get ready for uh, uh, picking cleanly in the draft. Mm-hmm. We got, I think, 23 days, if, if I'm not mistaken, until the uh, first night of the NFL draft. So uh, lots of things are happening, and there's there's uh, lots of Cowboys questions that are coming our way because of all these moves that are happening. Yeah, we're going to get into some of your Twitter questions today. We got a, just a fantastic amount of questions. Uh, and let's get into it, Landon. The first one comes from JJ. This is a fan, fantastic question. He says... Uh, would you be interested in signing a player at his position that would be considered the greatest of all time? He's only 30 years old and would only cost one or $2 million. Would you be open to this? Oh man, this feels like a trap. It's uh, not a trap. This is the player that we're going to talk about is inarguably the best player at his position of all time, without a doubt. Is it uh, LP Latasaur? No, it's, <laughs> no, no. This, guy, this is a guy that, again, I'm setting this up. He's in the prime of his career. Uh, oh, he is boy. significantly better than anything the Cowboys have ever had. And it's Cordero Patterson. The He's the best kick returner oh, in NFL history. Uh, and again, you can't argue it. He, he has more touchdowns than anybody else. He has a higher average than anybody else. And he's been productive on four different teams, Landon. Uh, I got I got a good stat for you. Ready? Since 2008, the Cowboys have averaged 22 yards per kick return. Cordero Patterson on four different teams has at least two seasons of averaging over 30 yards per return. We know how oh. much the Cowboys value special teams. Would you be interested in bringing in Cordero Patterson at the right price? Man, you sound like Cordell Patterson's agent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, send me some know, money, Cordero, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the truth is, is that it's it's cheap. It's not it's not super. No. He, he won't be super expensive. He can give you something in in the the receiving game too. I mean, I think if you, you can, he's a guy that you could scheme some some plays to, and, and he's dangerous with the football in his hand. For sure, backfield. you could use him as a running back if you need to. I'm I'm not I'm not uninterested. That's for sure. I mean, I think that you're just uh, not as interested as I am. Is basically what you know, I'm, I'm certainly not being. I'm certainly not taking a percentage of his of his salary to get get him signed. <laughs> if that's what you mean. Uh, no, I, I think I, I think he yeah, that those are all interesting numbers. You know, what's funny is that Cordell Patterson has done all this very quietly, and I think it's because mm-hmm. he's been on four different teams. But the fact is that you know he is so successful, uh, and it's not exactly you know widely known. Um, is 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 kind of just a testament to how how much moving from team to team really kind yeah. of affects your legacy, right? Uh, I, I think I think if the Cowboys, uh, you know, get through the draft and they haven't uh, uh, taken an, another wide receiver uh, that maybe they think that they can, uh, you know, put in this position to, to do this. I, mean, I know that they also like kind of using CD Lamb as a punt returner and and 
kick returners, kick returns, you know, that it's just not what it used to be necessarily. I mean, as far it's as not. It's uh, not. It, because of all the rule changes and everything. So uh, I, I would not be surprised though, if they get through the draft uh, and, and if they don't choose someone that they, that they may circle back on this as an option, because, you know, like you said, uh, it's the hidden, it's, it's, there hidden is yardage. value in there. Yeah, yeah. There's the hidden yardage aspect of it that, that uh, really can add up. So it, it might be something that's at least worth investigating. Yeah, so Patterson's not a punt returner. He's had one punt return his entire career. Where he thrives is as a kick returner. And last two years with Chicago, 29 and a half yards per return, 29 yards last year. Uh, he scored a touchdown in three straight seasons and kick returns. He's just very, very dynamic in that part of the field. And we've seen over the last couple of years, teams are just kicking away from, from Patterson out of the back of the end zone to make sure he doesn't return it. And that's, listen, Anytime the offense gives you a free starting spot at the 25-yard line, you'll take it, and you know when he gets a chance to return these, he is incredibly dynamic. So, yeah, I'm interested. And uh, I think that kind of leads us to the next question, Landon. Do we think the Cowboys are done signing free agents until May 3rd, which is when the compensatory formula basically ends? I saw some people today asking about K.J. Wright and Richard Sherman. Do we think they're done now because of that? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, I mean, May 3rd also happens to be, you know, right around the time that the draft is over as yes. well. Yes. So I, I do think, I do think that that, you know, those two things are uh, both promoting the, uh, uh, the idea that there will be a secondary market after the draft, which mm -hmm. there always is. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and look, I think that's the thing to keep remember, keep in mind here with the Cowboys and uh, some of their free agent moves. And we've, we've stressed this before, but just to kind of reiterate again, um, that that this is free agency isn't over when the draft starts. You no. know, like in fact, if anything, there's a, a whole other wave of free agency that exists uh, once teams get the their hands on their their new draft picks and they take a look at their roster and see, okay, now that we've got this guy, maybe we don't need this a uh, little bit overpriced player. And, and a lot of those guys can end up being really good players and useful Absolutely. players for you. So uh, yeah, and and then uh, we do the whole we do a whole thing again once uh, roster cuts come come around mm -hmm. and, and after training camp. So. Uh, free agency is not done by any stretch of the imagination. And, and some of the names that are probably the most intriguing to the Cowboys uh, will come available uh, after the draft. And, and kind of to, your, to what, you're, what you're saying there as well, obviously uh, the Cowboys are fans of those comp picks and like getting the comp picks. So uh, if it's a matter of waiting three weeks to sign a guy uh, who will probably stay on the market that long, uh, they probably will do that because it, 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 it could be the difference between having a, a free – six round pick and a, and a free fifth round pick, you know, or fourth round pick. If you, uh, if you just wait a little while on signing that guy, so it doesn't affect your comp picks formula. Yeah. It, it, as of right now, the Cowboys are scheduled to get a, I believe a fourth and a fifth round pick for Chidabe Uzier and Andy Dalton leaving. And actually Landon, I, I'm starting to wonder a little bit. We haven't seen an official Keanu Neal signing yet. Like that has mm -hmm. not been announced yet. So I'm wondering do the Cowboys kind of have a wink wink deal in place with Keanu Neal? Like, Hey, let's wait till after March 3rd to announce this signing. So we get another draft pick. Honestly, we saw it last year with Daryl Worley, right? Where the Cowboys agreed to terms with Worley, but it was after like the, the official deal didn't come in until after uh, that deadline passed. Is there a chance that that's what's happening with Keanu Neal as well? I mean, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I think there's certainly a chance. I, I saw, I mean, I saw someone, uh, tweet us about that and i thought you know that's I mean, as we get closer and closer to this i mean it, this that's still 
three weeks, like we talked about, more than three weeks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, they announced it, you know, two weeks ago. It'll be interesting to see or, you know, announced it, I guess. Right, 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 press, right. right? Uh, it'll be interesting to see if 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 that's the case. If they just, you know, are willing to just kind of wait, sit on a contract for a month. And like, look, I mean, if Keanu Nee is willing to do that, that's that's interesting too. I because especially since I think from what we heard, uh, you know, that he was he was having his services bid for by at least one other team. I think the Jets. So yes, I mean, yep. I wonder if the I wonder if the Jets were also trying to pitch him a similar situation. So uh, I, yeah, I, I think it's smart. And if they, you, I guess there's no rule against it, which I guess right, means right. that they can't do it. It's just a. Uh, it's surprising that I guess. I guess it's not that surprising, but it's a little bit surprising that that players would be down for this. I yeah, because there's always a chance that the offer could get pulled, right? And I mean, yeah. the bad thing is, I don't think you're going to want to do that if you're a team, because then yeah, you get in bad yeah. with the agents. I don't think that's something that's going to happen. But listen, if it can net you probably a fifth round pick, because I believe Keanu Neal signed a agreed to a deal like around five million dollars. Hey, if you want to wait a month and pick up that extra pick, it it might not be the worst thing in the world. We're not saying that's that's happening, but you do wonder the longer that this goes on if that's kind of what's happening here. So something to pay attention to over the next couple of weeks. Uh, just wanted to pause really quickly to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but we still have NBA, NHL, and the MLB are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, we've got a lot of people wondering about the Carolina trade that happened yesterday where they went up or they they went and acquired Sam Darnold, uh, the former number three pick from the Jets. Uh, They gave up a 22 second round pick and a couple other day three selections. First and foremost, do you think that changes anything for the Cowboys sitting at number 10? Because we kind of penciled in Carolina as a potential landing spot for a quarterback. You know, I. I've heard a lot of analysis about this in, in, in the last 24 hours. I, I still don't understand, I guess, how how this would preclude Carolina from taking a quarterback at eight. You know, well, they did. Uh, I think that's the fifth year option that's giving people pause, right? Because now they've guaranteed Sam was it nearly 20 million for the 2022 season. Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess I understand that, but but to me, it still feels like. This was a situation where they were going after Deshaun Watson. I think everybody was aware of this. Yes, it's pretty yes. publicly known that they were probably the first in line to try to go really make a play for for going to get Watson. Since that has gone sideways, I, I think that this is a soft landing spot for them that they decided that they could, you know, would be reasonable. I, I, honestly, I think at this point, really what this is about is that they just cannot go back into the next year with Teddy Bridgewater probably, and that they, they, they feel like they can't, that Teddy Bridgewater is just not going to do it for them. I, I honestly don't know that this necessarily does take them out of a QB at, at eight. Uh, I, I know it's a lot of money and I know it's, it's in um, picking up the option, you know, is makes it even more of a commitment there. 
Uh, and then and I've heard other people asking, why did they even do this if they weren't bidding against anybody else? To me, the, the thought process is, okay, we couldn't get Watson. What happens if, you know, at eight, they're not guaranteed to get any quarterback. Like, well, that, I think that's no the more interesting thing here, right, is I wonder if Carolina already knows what the top three order is, right? I, yeah, I mean, maybe. I think I think most of us know the top two, right? It's Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. And then if, let's say, their top quarterback they believe is going to the 49ers, okay, now you're trading for the fourth or the fifth best quarterback in the draft. And if you don't love those guys, then you're pro- that's probably why you did that move. And then the other part of it is, I saw a lot of people saying, well, why didn't they just trade up the four and go get Justin Fields? Well, my guess is either Atlanta, Atlanta's not doing that. Atlanta either is going to take one of those quarterbacks or they're just not going to trade with Carolina, right? They're not going to give Carolina, exactly. let's say, Justin yeah. Fields. So that's that's what makes this so tricky. Yeah. They, look, look, Carolina, if you look at the situation Carolina was put in by this whole Watson situation, right? Like, it's terrible. They yeah. they, they put their eggs in the basket that, that Watson was going to be the guy that they would make a push for and they'd pay whatever it take to, took to get him. That's not an option anymore, and 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 that fell apart in quite a sudden way to yeah. the point where yeah. I'm sure that they, you know, look, they are they scrambling, absolutely, I'm sure, but yeah. I, I mean, but I think that this is not exactly of their own making, of their own volition. I think, you know, they got handed a, a terrible situation. They're trying to make yeah. the most of it. I, I've also heard some people saying, why didn't they do this deal like after the draft? I, I just think that what they're doing now is, you know. What's the worst case scenario that, that they had after the Watson situation that they, they couldn't get any quarterback, right? Yes, that, that, yes. that, that they got through the free agency without a quarterback. They got through the draft without a quarterback and now they're back at Teddy Bridgewater again to them. I feel like they felt like that was unacceptable. So by going to get uh, 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 Donald early before the draft, you know, look, they were bidding against themselves, but, I mean, again, they didn't pay very much for a guy that was a number three overall pick several years ago. He's only 23 years old. Yep. So yep. Uh, I think there could have been a potential that they, if they had gotten through the draft and they had been unable to get a quarterback, that, that suddenly that's when the market for Sam Darnold may actually heat up because now all the other teams that are on the try to draft a quarterback carousel that didn't, you know, that, <laughs> that didn't have a seat when the music stopped right? They're all going to be trying to bid for Sam Donald because Watson's not an option right yep. right now, and yep. there won't be an option yep. likely after the draft. And Darnold is really the only valuable piece of potential that you could say that has any kind of upside uh, out of any of the remaining quarterbacks. And, and look, I'm not saying that Darnold is, is going to be a success in, in Carolina or that even he's good or he's earned any of this. But if you're just looking at, you know, how desperate teams are to make sure that they have their quarterback situation handled, I'm not going to blame Carolina for for uh, you know looking getting screwed by the Watson situation and then overspending at the position right. potentially to get what they need at quarterback. I think that's a smart way to try to handle the situation because ultimately quarterbacks the whole ball game. So, do we think this impacts the Cowboys at number ten? Because I think again, three quarterbacks are going off the board in the first three picks, and I would I'm still assuming that four quarterbacks go. In a row. So, do we think the Panthers, because they drafted Darnold and maybe are still an option at, with a quarterback, does this change anything for the Cowboys? I, I mean, I think it's hard to know. I think it. I think yes, it 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 has an effect because they pick at eight, which is before ten. 
but I think you know what it, how it affects it is a little bit clear. If anything, it just made the situation more muddy. I think than anything, uh, to, right? To me, I feel like it actually makes it a little bit clear. Like it feels like the Carolina is either going quarterback or offensive lineman. Like to me, that's it. I I can't think of anything else that they would go. And so to me, that means of like if Penny Suell is there, that's where they're going, right? I think I, but I think those were the options before too, right? Like be- even before the dra- this this pick, they were uh, to me right. they were going offensive lineman or quarterback. So I guess my point is is that you know when I saw this pick, uh, when I saw this trade, I, I my initial thought was, oh, that takes one more team off the quarterback market, which is a negative effect for the Cowboys. But the ultimate, but ultimately, I don't I don't know that that's true. I I, I think. This probably makes it slightly less likely they take a quarterback uh, at that spot, but I don't know how much less likely because ultimately, I don't, I don't know yeah, if they view yeah. Sam Darnold as the long term answer. It, and Matt Rule has got a long term contract there, so it, it'll be interesting to see exactly how it shakes out. I, I do think it's interesting that the first offer the the Panthers sent out for Sam Darnold was at the Ohio State Pro Day, and that was a fourth round pick. So, if you're trading. If, if you're offering a fourth round pick for a quarterback, to me that doesn't signal that you believe he's a franchise guy, right? Yeah. That's a yeah. let's say hey, let's throw a dart and it'll be a good bridge if we have to draft a Trey Lance, right? Absolutely. That that's what that's it means to me. Yeah. Um, one more Carolina thing. Uh, I saw a couple of people asking Twitter questions today, so I'm just going to lump your questions together. Would Teddy Bridgewater be a backup quarterback that you would be interested in? I know he's got just a monster salary right now. And that part of it would have to be worked out, whether it's Carolina paying it, whether it's um, the Panthers just cutting him. But if Bridgewater is available and he is, would you be interested in him as a backup? It's too much money, I think. I what mean, if he's released? Pro- what if he's released and he's veteran minimum or the same deal you gave Andy Dalton? Maybe. Maybe. But I, I, yeah, I don't know that like he has the same appeal for me that Andy Dalton does because I think Dalton at least had more skins on the wall. You know, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, it feels I, I like, like Alex him. Smith I, is still going to be the backup here, right? Yeah. And I think that Alex Smith is yeah. probably a better option, to be honest. Yeah. And that that feels more realistic. Although I said I, I made the appeal for Bridgewater on Twitter come to Dallas, play poorly. Get a big contract from the Bears. That's, that's exactly the the, <laughs> the, the the trajectory that I would want to be on if I was Teddy Bridgewater. But uh, I, I, I'm guessing, Landon, Bridgewater is going to want to go to a team that maybe has a little bit more of an unshaky quarterback situation where he might be able to come in and you know be a, a relief pitcher uh, or a competition to a guy, let's say, like Drew Locke or something like that. I feel like that's probably more of a realistic way to go, correct? Yeah, I think he's going to be more likely a guy that's that's going to be brought in to push uh, yeah. an uncertain starting quarterback. I think, yes. like Drew Locke, he said, you know, maybe if, if Chicago hadn't signed Andy Dalton, I think he would have been a good situation for right. to push Foles. You know, those kind of situations, I think, is where Bridgewater should look. All right, let's pause so I can tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, let's get into a few more questions. This one comes from Robbie. Uh, what are the most optimistic projections from you, Landon, and the most <laughs> pessimistic projections from me for the Cowboys record next season? Well, first of all, we got to add in that 17th game. Don't forget. Yes, Marcus. yes. Uh, yeah. It messes everything up. <laughs> it messes everything up. It's not going to sound right. Um, you know, op the most optimistic uh, that they they managed to not only fix but uh, uh, supercharge the defense, that, that it gets to, I would say, above average, uh, that, that, that Quinn gets in. Uh, brings these guys back uh, to a defense that they're more comfortable with, and that unlocks a better play at the second level with your linebackers. That uh, hopefully you get better pass rush with Randy Gregory. You get someone like Patrick Sertan or someone in the cornerback to shore up the back end, uh, and that the defense gets better than just manageable. That they actually can produce turnovers. That they actually can be catalyst to a certain degree. And that the offense is, uh, you know, what we expect it to be—a top five offense, maybe the best. If we're being the optimistic projection here, maybe they have the potential to be the best in the league. Yes, I think. Yes. I think that's within reach. Um, and so, if you if you look at that, if they if they were able to be, you know, number one offense in the league, and let's say top twelve defense in the league, uh, I mean, I think. 13 and four, you know, to me, that's, I mean, we're talking most, most optimistic, right? right? Like yeah. that, that's, 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 I think that's possible. I mean, if they, ha they have the talent on offense to kind of do that and the way that the, the, the rest of the conference is right now, uh, Washington's really the only team that kind of actually frightens you on a game to game basis or just not, maybe not frightens you, but is a, a, a good, it's going to be a good matchup, a good battle with them, both games. Uh, you you could easily convince yourself that you could have a good year, beat Washington mm. twice, and sweep the NFC East, and I think you know potentially get a first round bye, and then we see what happens in the playoffs. I mean, I think all those things are optimistic, absolutely realistic. I think it's within the realm of possibility, but I think it's obviously the the optimistic end of that. Yeah. So you give yeah. me give me the doom and gloom. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of different ways that this can go wrong. And we can start with the defense, right? It's just not better, right? And maybe mm -hmm. the, you don't draft a corner early and Trevon Diggs, you know, goes into a sophomore slump and the safeties continue to be a problem. That could be an issue. If the offensive line is just not healthy, again, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins uh, aren't able to come back fully from these injuries and you continue to see these guys kind of get older, that's a problem. And then the worst case scenario would be – yeah. Dak's just not the same after the ankle injury. And I don't expect that to be the case. Uh, but if he's worried about it and makes him less mobile in the pocket or, you know, that that's the biggest fear. So there are a lot of ways that this can go wrong. But I do, I agree with you on the ceiling, right? This offense, if everybody is healthy, I think if they finish outside the top three, I would be disappointed. Honestly, with the, with the amount of money and the amount of resources they've spent on this position, they should be averaging 30 points a game. Like they, they, they need to. They need to. <laughs> yeah, if, they if, need to. If they're only the seventh or eighth best offense and they're inconsistent from game to game, you know, some games they're scoring 37 and then some games it's 17. That's that's gonna be a problem. So I do think the ceiling is relatively high, but I also think when you're all your eggs are in one side of the ball and and you know it, 
and if Dak's not healthy and not playing well, it could get sideways pretty quickly. Um, let's get into one more question. I, I saw this one, and I'm sorry, I forgot who who said it. Uh, but they want to know your biggest, our, our biggest draft misses uh, when we've been doing this evaluation. Because uh, believe it or not, Landon, I think listeners don't believe that we get every single pick right. I know that's shocking. That's just uh, blatant you, disrespect to us. <laughs> can you think of one player where you just completely missed on? Um. I mean, I guess the, the the guy that's that's glaring to me is that I just didn't see it as much with Joey Bosa, and and I guess you know, like, I mean, I oh, guess so you're it, going it depends. With the guy that on, turned out, you're going with the guy yeah, that actually yeah, turned yeah, okay. Out. I mean, I guess it, it, are are they asking about a guy that I liked that became a bust? Either, that either what, way, I, I like the way you, you went. Somebody that you did not love and turned out to be good. I tend to I, I tend to think that most of my misses come that direction, right? Where I don't like a guy that a guy that I just don't see it on and they end up being really good. Like I think, I think that's where I feel like I, I still need some need to be a little bit better as at is that there are times when there are top of the, of the draft guys that are really thought of, highly thought of players that I watch and I just don't, I don't see it with them or I don't, I don't get it. Or at least I don't see it to the, to the level. And that's the thing with Bosa is like, I still saw Bosa as a first round pick. I just didn't see him as a top five defensive end. Mm -hmm. uh, but he is, I mean, he clearly has played like that since he's came with the league and he's dominated when he's been on the field. And um, so I, I think, you know, guys like that is where I, I really miss is that I, I, I managed to underestimate, uh, great players sometimes just because it's tough for me to see the projection even though with someone like bosa like it seemed it seemed very clear it, it almost seemed like too clear to me i don't know i don't know but yeah, i yeah, I, yeah. I think those are the guys that i miss on a lot is is guys and and that's why i'm nervous about guys like gregory rousseau you know <laughs> is that is that i mean not, not that those are even necessarily comparable players but somebody in the league thinks that that rousseau is uh, a first round pick I don't necessarily see that, and but that but that triggers nervousness in me because now I'm afraid that I'm missing out on something. Yes, but yes. I, I think you know if you're talking about guys that uh, I liked that ended up being no good. Um, I don't know. We were talking about Gerard Holloman the other day. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and, I, uh, I I thought that he could figure it out despite not being able to tackle very well, but uh, you know, I guess not. <laughs> All right, so, so I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna two profiles of players that I miss and then a player, right? So first and yep. foremost, I really struggle with these big power defensive ends, right? See, yeah, so do I. And I think you and I have talked about this yes, before. Yes. Those are the positions that I really struggle with. And, and I'll give you the name this year, like Carlos Basham. I have no yes. idea where to rank Carlos Basham because I see him as a 275 pound edge that's athletic, but I don't know if he's going to be able to win on the edge in the NFL with straight power because he didn't always do it in college. So Sure. That guy is a freak of athlete with a ton of production, but I'm just not sure it translates, and I'm sure I'll be wrong. The other position is that wide receiver with these guys that just don't do anything in college, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The guys that the production is just so bad, and yet they have one trait that makes them a really good player in the NFL. I think I, I, I've mentioned this one before, like a Terry McLaurin, somebody who yeah. did not produce a ton at Ohio State, uh, was really a special teamer there, the third or fourth receiver. Uh, I thought he was going to be somebody that would go late on day three as a gunner. And then he goes to Washington and he's the wide receiver one and maybe a top 
10 or 12 receivers. So the late breakout age receivers that don't have a ton of production are the ones that I struggle with. And then a player that I just, I whiffed on <laughs> is Akeem Butler from the 2019 mm. draft. Uh, I, I love these big athletic guys with huge catch radiuses that can go up and win the ball in the air. And even with like Butler, you saw enough separation in the big 12, but he just wasn't a good enough route runner. And he was kind of slow. I mean, he was, he ran fast at the combine, but when he was on the field, it didn't necessarily translate. So uh, I, those kind of guys I've always struggled with. I, I love the guys that win the contested catches and maybe yep. it comes back to Landon and we'll tie this to the Cowboys. Des Bryant, one of my favorite players of all time. How many players have we seen comp to Des since Des has been drafted that just can't replicate what he did, right? So many of these bad ball catchers and just none of them turn out to be Des. Those are the guys that I struggle with. Any comments on that? No, I think that's really that's that's correct, and I think I struggle with it too. And I think you're not alone. I think a lot of a lot of analysts struggle with. We talked about the defensive ends, but those kind of big, uh, bad ball wide receivers. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's not a trait that necessarily you should be able to live and die with as no, a wide no, receiver no. one. But but because we saw Des Bryant up close and personal, and he's the all time uh, leading touchdown receiver. I think he is, did, or did win yeah, the pass yeah. again? Yeah. No, so. I- uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's something there, right? Like, I, I think agree. that that's why it's affected our eval because now we think, okay, well, Des made a career. Des did it. This guy could do it. Yeah, yeah. That's but like, apparently that's not the case <laughs> across not, the board. Not the case at all. So uh, I'm hopefully uh, I'm starting to learn from my mistakes, uh, but inevitably there'll be somebody in this class that I love that can do the same kind of things, and I'll miss again. So that's just the story of the draft. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.